It is Friday, November 15th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 11 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool at DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games, GPP lineups, I'll add some showdown notes for the Sunday night, Monday night games later in the weekend. And come Saturday morning, you could find our lineups for round 11 of the Crown His Ass Challenge. I finally notched my third victory of the season in week 10 in said challenge. Key differences, Jared, were Ryan Tannehill outscoring Drew Brees (laughs) by about eight and a half points. And my Adam Humphreys' one catch, getting him into the end zone, whereas your A.J. Brown's one catch did not. (laughs) Yeah, and what I just realized looking at this was that that late Tannehill to Humphreys touchdown was was the difference. It sure was. But, but so this this sounds kind of stupid now, but I was on Ryan Tannehill as my cash quarterback all week, and then when Corey Davis got ruled out for you know, and again it was probably stupid, but I got off Tannehill and sort of started rearranging everything. So and and yeah, I mean I'd play Breeze again in this spot. I mean two hundred eighty seven scoreless yards out of him, I, I never would have thought that was even in the range of outcomes at home for Atlanta. Yeah, I think that was a, a goofy game for them and not something that I think anybody should have seen coming and not something that I think would happen again this Sunday if those two teams played again in the same place. Right, exactly. And Saquon Barkley let you down, but Ronald yep. Jones fell just five and a half points short of Christian McCaffrey. So I, I don't think that we can say fading McCaffrey for you here didn't work. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely possible to win last week not playing Christian McCaffrey Moving down from McCaffrey to Barkley was the problem. Um, you know, I, I I last week prioritized getting Michael Thomas in my lineup. He was like sort of the one expensive guy I wanted to get. So I, I kind of started there and built from there. And it, it was tough to get Thomas and McCaffrey in the same lineup. Yeah, we both did use Michael Thomas, which was key. If I hadn't gotten him in with McCaffrey, it probably would have been a different week. Yep. I, don't, I don't have any real regrets from my lineup other than believing in David Montgomery in my <laughs> flex spot. And now that's not a... a mistake i'm likely to make again this season honestly i was surprised to see him in your lineup it was just a price thing i got to yeah. it at that point and yeah. it was a, it was a spot it was at home it was against detroit he even ended up getting the touches at least on the yeah. ground but of course they didn't throw him the ball they couldn't score with him uh, david montgomery's a bad idea i mean and especially when matt stafford got ruled out to me that made montgomery an even stronger play Exactly. But, oh, well, no David Montgomery this week. I managed to take some money last week. We'll both be back at it for week 11 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. And you'll be able to see who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com on Saturday morning. For now, since I don't usually get to go first, I'm going to start us off with a cash QB. And I'm going to say Kyle Allen at 5,300. Pretty easily my top choice with the tighter pricing on DK. He's second behind Lamar Jackson in our dollars per point projections in the lineup builder. Jeff Driscoll at 4,600 is the only other QB in the top 10 who is cheaper than 6,100 bucks in DK salary. And Kyle Allen's been solid. His past four games, he hit two touchdowns twice. He threw for more than 300 yards against Green Bay last week. The other game in that span was against the Niners, so nobody was expecting him to do anything in that one. 
This week it's Atlanta, and I know that they just finished shutting down the Saints, but I'm going to have to see it at least one more time before I believe anything from that Falcons do. Yep, I'm with you with ca- uh, the cash game play as Kyle Allen. Yeah, th- I mean, the Falcons had allowed multiple passing scores in six straight games prior to last week, giving up 292 passing yards per game over that span. So I'm going to bet on that you know six-game trend over what we just saw in one week. Mm-hmm. On the tourney side, what you got? I don't like Jameis Winston for tournaments. Um, 6500 bucks projected for just 6% ownership. So stacking Bucks games in general this year ha- has been – a good idea. Bucks games are averaging 59.9 points per game. Four of their nine games have gone over 60 total points. You know, th- this game against the Saints, I think, has as good a shot as any of those to to be a shootout. So I like, you know, s- stacking up this game in general. So I think you can use Winston with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin, with both of those guys. And then, you know, you, know, you bring it back with someone like Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas or Jared Cook. Uh, have you tried building a lineup that has both Godwin and Evans in it? I have not. I'm sure it's doable. I mean, you're, you know, you're going to have to find some cheaper guys, but but I'm, I'm sure it's doable. Yeah, I mean, we'll hit on some of the running backs and wide receivers and tight ends that can help you fit in expensive guys like that. And we were, we were just talking about how last week, you know, it was possible to build a lineup that had Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas in it. So we know it's possible. It takes a little working with it. I agree, certainly, with Winston. Oh, who is who would be your top wide receiver choice if you're picking one of those two to stack with them? Yeah, that, that, that's always the tough call with Winston. Um, you know, with assuming Marshawn Lattimore is out, I, I'm going to go Mike Evans. He, he's just he, he's shown a, a bigger ceiling this season than Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. And he's been on fire lately, so I can't yep. argue with that. But yeah, that's certainly the scary thing here. Uh, on the tourney side, I, I also want to highlight again, like I did on the FanDuel show, but Tom Brady, I, I think that the Tom Brady, Julian Edelman stack looks extremely similar to Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, but... Tom Brady costs $500 less than Drew Brees. Julian Edelman costs $2,500 less than Michael Thomas on here. So I think you're getting a very similar stack with a very similar ceiling, but with $3,000 in salary savings and likely a lot less ownership combined between the players. Brady is under 5% projected on Fanshare right now. Edelman's right about 10.5%. And I, I mean... Maybe Brady continues to not put up big numbers. That's obviously the risk. That's why he's a tournament side, not a cash QB for me. But if he does produce, he's almost definitely taken Edelman with him. Edelman's seen 27.6% of Patriots targets over the past five games, seven plus catches in each of those games, averaging 8.4 catches per game in that span, 11 plus targets in four straight games. So again, as good a volume bet as pretty much anybody at the position. Right, yeah, I like that call. I was surprised to see Julian Edelman as expensive as he is on DraftKings, and yeah, I was hoping maybe he'd be a cash game option. I don't think I'll play him in cash at 7,600, but I think he makes plenty of sense for tournaments. Mm -hmm. I think he's in play for cash, but certainly more difficult to fit him there. It's hard for me to play Edelman over, like, you know, Julio or Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, even. Well, see, I think he's as safe a bet for target volume as those guys, and in a fine matchup for him. Yeah, he is. I, I can't argue with that. All right, cash running back, why don't you hit us? So, I mean, I think Christian McCaffrey um, at 10-5 again, I, I like this spot just as much as last week. Um, you know, the, the Falcons are, are actually a better run defense, at least by the numbers, uh, than Green Bay. But, you know, the Panthers are back at home here. They have a big implied total, 26.75 points. But I think McCaffrey makes plenty of sense. I think Brian Hill 
in that same game is the guy you can play to, you know, sort of help with the salary. Brian Hill, 4,800 bucks after Devonte Freeman exited last week's game. Hill got all 18 of Atlanta's running back opportunities, 16 carries, two targets. So I, I feel pretty confident that he's going to be the clear lead back here. And the Panthers are dead last in football outsiders run defense rankings, giving up 5.1 yards per carry through running back. So great matchup for Hill. We don't know as of this recording, whether Jordan Howard is playing this week against the Patriots. We do know that the Eagles are reportedly close to signing Jay Ajayi. And Ian Rappaport seems to think that that is a replacement for Darren Sproles, who's out for the season. Jay Ajayi, I don't think, could be a whole lot different, a whole (laughs) lot more different from Darren Sproles than he is. Uh, To me, that says that they don't expect Jordan Howard to be ready for Sunday's game. He's dealing with a shoulder stinger. was a limited practice participant on Thursday, but had not been cleared for contact. So... It seems like he's trending toward not playing. And if Jordan Howard doesn't play, I think Miles Sanders at 4,100 is a strong option on DraftKings where, you know, touch counts help us even more than they do on FanDuel because of the full PPR. Doug Peterson has already said that if Jordan Howard's out, Miles Sanders would see the feature role. And I think the feature role would be more of a feature role if Jordan Howard's out and Darren Sproles is out, no matter who else is joining him in the backfield. We know that Sanders is good in pass protection. We know he has dynamic receiving ability. And the Patriots are allowing, what was it, 5.3 yards per carry over the past five games. So I think if Jordan Howard is ruled out, you might see Miles Sanders pop to the top spot in our DK dollars per point value chart. Yeah, so do you like Sanders over Brian Hill for like cash games? I do because he's, what, $700 cheaper, I think? $700 cheaper. I I do think Sanders has a much better pass catching projection than Brian Hill. I, I feel a bit safer with Brian Hill's volume on the ground and it's a better matchup for Brian Hill, but I, I definitely think it's it's close with the full PPR and those $700 savings. Yeah. I mean, for me, the key difference is that separation and salary. If they were both at like 4,800 or even $100 apart, I'd probably lean Hill as a safer bet to find the end zone. Yep. Not safer, yeah. but better bet. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And I mean, on Hill's side, Devante Freeman, Ito Smith, I was kind of against... I guess I wasn't against Brian Hill early in the week. I have come around on Brian Hill a little bit more than where I was earlier in the week, realizing how big of a receiving role Devontae Freeman leaves behind. He and Ito Smith combined for 6.4 targets per game heading into last week's game, which he, of course, left early. Yeah, and of course, Austin Hooper's out, which you know frees up a bunch more targets. Attorney side, what do you got at running back? I like Devin Singletary here. Um, he, he was pretty popular last week and disappointed, and his price is up by a thousand bucks this week. He's up to six thousand, so yeah, you know, he, he's he might even be a little overpriced. Uh, I, I don't think he's in play for cash, but I do like him for tournaments. Um, you know, his usage was fine last week. That the Bills just abandoned the run; they just didn't run much in Cleveland. But Singletary still played sixty-eight percent of the snaps. He handled sixty-two percent of the running back carries and he got another seven targets. You know, his, his role in the passing game has been, has been nice, which helps on DraftKings. Buffalo, you know, six and a half point favorites against Miami this weekend. So it's definitely a game where they can and, and should run the ball quite a bit more. And the Dolphins are 30th in football outsiders run defense rankings, giving up 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. Yeah. I mean, I think his receiving role and that Buffalo doesn't have that many guys that it really spreads significant targets to. I think he, Devin Singletary is even in the cash mix at 6,000. Maybe it feels a little too expensive to me, but yeah, I mean, on the tourney side, I, Duke Johnson is definitely not an every tournament lineup guy, but at 4,000 bucks, he's somebody mm-hmm. that I want to play some 
Five targets in three straight games now. Just one of those three games was a game Houston actually lost. He has seen seven carries in two of his past three games. Again, one of those was a loss. The other was a victory. He scored touchdowns in three of his past four games. Duke Johnson has seen red zone touches in five straight games now after zero in the previous three contests. He has still averaged two and a half more carries and four-tenths of a reception more per game in three losses versus six wins this season. This is a game where Houston enters as a road underdog. And Baltimore rates eighth in pass defense on Football Outsiders, 28th against the run. So, you know, maybe it's a good spot for them to try to get Carlos Hyde going early and try to keep Lamar Jackson off the field a little bit. But Duke Johnson can also run the ball. So maybe we enter this game with Duke Johnson in the beginning plan and not just the fallback if things start to go poorly because the Ravens also rate well in coverage against all three wide receiver spots, but just 26th in coverage against running backs and off-ball linebackers in Baltimore, definitely the shakiest spot on that defense. Yeah, I wish we could you know, count on more value for Duke Johnson. He's not the type of running back I usually play, but I, I do like you know stacking this game up, especially Lamar Jackson to Marquise Brown. So I, I think it makes sense to use Duke Johnson in a lineup like that where you, you know maybe hope the Ravens get out to a big lead with Lamar Jackson and Brown, and, the, and then that that would mean uh, you know Duke Johnson on the field more. Yes, I agree. Over at wide receiver, what do you have in the cash spot? Uh, cash game, DJ Moore, fifty nine hundred bucks. I mean, his usage has just been awesome, especially over the last five weeks. Now he's averaging nine point six targets per game, six point eight catches, eighty five yards. Um, you know, still sitting on just one touchdown on the season. I do think he's in for some positive regression there. And then, you know, he gets this matchup against the Falcons. Atlanta's 26th in DraftKings points allowed to wide receivers. We have them 28th in our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Yeah, I definitely like DJ Moore. I also like the salary relief in Debo Samuel at 4000 bucks, especially if Emmanuel Sanders sits. If that is the case, then Debo is a number one receiver, you know, not like a true lead wideout, but the top receiver for that team at 4000 bucks. I mean, compare him to the other wide receivers in the same price range. You've got Randall Cobb, Hunter Renfro, Danny Amendola, Demarius Thomas, Alden Tate. So at least as good a bet and probably a better bet for targets than any of those guys in an offense that should win the game, should control things. Debo's third in our DK dollars per point projections even before we've taken Sanders completely out of the projections yet Mm -hmm. and Arizona has allowed the ninth most PPR points per game two wide receivers so far and even within that Patrick Peterson's iffy with a calf injury uh slot corner Tremaine Brock is iffy with a hamstring injury so we could get less than their full secondary this week yeah plus Debo is just awesome so yeah I mean I I think if Sanders is out Debo is is close to a must play in cash for me I agree who do you like on the tournament side Tournament side, Amari Cooper, who is priced above Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. So I don't think many people are going to be on Amari Cooper. He, you know, he's still dealing with whatever injuries he has, which you know he's been dealing with basically all season. He's been producing in spite of that. Actually, if you take out that week week six game when Cooper played just three snaps, he's actually second in fantasy points per game behind only Michael Thomas. Um, Cooper has four games of 25-plus DraftKings points this season, so he obviously has the ceiling. And again, j- just like this spot, in general, for the Cowboys' offense against against the Lions, um, Detroit's twenty fourth in DraftKings points allowed to wide receivers. You're not scared of Road Amari. Not scared of Road Amari. All right, I'm going to throw out uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who you might have heard of, eighty one hundred bucks, mm-hmm. but sub ten percent ownership projection right now. Which anytime that Hopkins is down there, 
it's somebody worth paying attention to. You could go, as you mentioned with Duke Johnson, you could game stack this one. You can get yeah. Lamar Jackson in there. You can stack him with Marquise Brown, who's also under 10% right now. Game stack it with Hopkins. Get him at less than 10% ownership so you get a boost if he does go off. Hopkins on his own, I, I mean, you don't need to build the case for him. Baltimore has been solid in coverage, but it's DeAndre Hopkins. He is he, he has seen just nine fewer targets on the season than Michael Thomas. He has scored the same number of touchdowns as Michael Thomas. He cost $1,800 less than Michael Thomas. And Hopkins saw 11-plus targets in each of the past four games. He caught at least eight passes in each of those four games. And even though Baltimore has been pretty solid, they have allowed seven wide receiver games over 80 yards this year, including three games of 100-plus. Right, yeah, that healthy Ravens secondary now that added Marcus Peters scares me a bit. But, I mean, Hopkins is, is matchup-proof, and I think that matchup is keeping the ownership down. So I, I, I agree. I think he makes a lot of sense for tournaments. And Marcus Peters spent most of his time with the Rams disappointing them, which is why they traded him. So if if we get a Marcus Peters shadow on DeAndre Hopkins, I'm definitely betting on Hopkins in that one. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right, tight end. Who do you like for cash? Eric Ebron, um, unfortunately, maybe we'll, we'll see. Um, but he's thirty six hundred bucks, and the guy saw twelve targets last week. He set season highs in snap rate and route rate. So you know his his role has climbed with T. Y. Hilton out, and Hilton is out for this game again against Jacksonville. Um, Ebron also gets Jacoby Brissett back, which I, I think helps after what we saw from Brian Hoyer last week. Yeah, can't argue with Ebron. I also like Jared Cook at forty four hundred bucks. Season high 10 targets last week after he returned from his injury. Now he gets the league's second most generous tight end defense. Stingiest run defense, so we should see plenty of New Orleans passing in this one. Jared Cook's only 11th in our DK dollars per point projections for the week, but it's really just because our projections don't really leave a whole lot of space between all the players at the position. We have Cook third in total projected PPR points on the slate, and he's only behind $5,500 Darren Waller and $6,100 Mark Andrews. So it's not that we don't like Jared Cook relative to the position. Yeah, I mean, I think Cook has as much touchdown upside as any tight end on the main slate. So I, I like him. I actually have him as my tournament play. The other tight end I like for tournaments is Darren Waller, though. Um, I, you know, I feel like he, he's just had a couple quiet games now. Um, so I think people are jumping off him. It's also lowered his price. He's, you know, he's down to 5500 bucks. It's the cheapest he's been since week seven. Um, and, and really, the, the Raiders can beat the Bengals almost any way they want. I mean, I think Josh Jacobs is the most likely route, but Jacobs is also going to be crazy high-owned. I think you know, there's a chance that you know, maybe Waller just gets two of the touchdowns. You know, he, he becomes the, the guy you need to win tournaments. Do you think that if you are using Darren Waller there, it's attractive to stack him with Derek Carr at 6,100? Yeah, I wish Carr wasn't so expensive, but I do think he's an interesting tournament play just because, again, everyone's going to be on Josh Jacobs, but you know, there's, there's plenty chance that the touchdowns come through the air. Right. I mean, this is a game where the Raiders should score at least three touchdowns and really could score four or five. Right, exactly. I will also, of course, throw in TJ Hawkinson because it's the TJ Hawkinson portion of the show here. $3,600, bucks, same price as Eric Ebron. He's projected under 5% ownership, which is not a shock because he hasn't done anything big. But yeah, Hawkinson has seen 13 targets over the past two weeks. That included last week's first Jeff Driscoll start, which included a lot of passing volume. Football Outsiders has Dallas 28th in tight end coverage, 18th or better in coverage against every other spot. 
on the offense. The Cowboys are road favorites here. The game carries the second highest over under for the week. So there should be points and the Cowboys should be leading this one. Hawkinson sits second in our DK dollars per point projections. I, I don't think he's any worse a target bet than Eric Ebron. He probably has a lower target ceiling than Ebron in this game, but you know, the matchup's good and the salary on either of those guys can help you fit in DeAndre Hopkins or some of those other guys we talked about earlier. Yeah. Can't, can't stop playing Hawkinson now. <laughs> That's right. At flat, where are you, where's your focus? Um, so yeah, so we've mentioned Duke Johnson. I think he's interesting for tournaments. I, I did want to mention Josh Jacobs in cash. Um, you know, 6,900 bucks, I think is a fair price. The Raiders are big home favorites. Jacobs has averaged 22 carries per game in the Raiders wins this season. And, you know, they are a good bet to win this game. Um, the, the last guy, and, you know, it's probably more of a cash play, even though I don't like playing wide receivers at the flex spot in cash, but Russell Gage at 3,300 bucks, I think is a, just a good volume bet for that price tag. He's seen 14 targets over the last two games since Atlanta traded away Muhammad Sanu and now Austin Hooper and Devante Freeman are out this week. Those guys leave behind a combined 29% target share. So I think Gage is a pretty good bet for volume at his price tag. Yeah, he's a nice he's a nice option down in that 3K range, whether it's flex or a wide receiver spot. Yep. I think if you do want to play running back, Tevin Coleman, Devin Singletary, or a couple guys that we haven't talked about much to this point who makes sense down here at those salaries. I, I'm not worried about playing wide receiver, though, in PPR. I'll take somebody who's a good bet for targets. DJ Moore, if I didn't play him already. Jamison Crowder, I think, is in the same range of 5,700. Nothing worrisome about his matchup in the slot with Washington and Calvin Ridley at 5,500, probably more of a GPP option because, you know, he could just as easily see four or five targets as 10, but I think there's plenty of upside to him. And DD Westbrook, I think is a solid target bet at 4,500 bucks as well. Yeah. I like um, Calvin Ridley again. I think, you know, the Falcons target tree has become a lot more concentrated with Hooper and Freeman out. So I think that makes Ridley a safer target bet. Yeah, and I think we expect Atlanta to not be winning this game like they were last week at New Orleans. Right, exactly. On defense, the Cardinals at 1,500 are in play because I watched Jimmy Garoppolo last (laughs) week. That's my case for them. (laughs) Uh, I was waiting for more, but um, yeah, I actually, I have the Cardinals down as my cash game defense. Arizona pops as the best dollars per point value among the main slate defenses, and it's not even close. We have the Cardinals for... Um, $300 per projected point. The next closest team is at $403 per projected point. Um, and, and that's mostly because of just how cheap the Cardinals are at $1,500. But yeah, like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I still don't think, don't think he's a great quarterback. And the 49ers, they're without their left tackle, Joe Staley. They're without stud tight end, George Kittle. Matt Breda's out. And then Emmanuel Sanders might be out. So it's a really depleted San Francisco offense. Yeah, it's a solid spot. And really, you shouldn't worry too much about playing good defenses here, especially at the a low salary like this, because we've seen any defense is capable of scoring at some point, and that right. turns it into a good play, even if the rest of their game is terrible. Yep, the Cardinals D scored nine DraftKings points last week um, in, in that you know shootout against Tampa Bay. If you don't want to play the Cardinals at 1,500, or if you just have money lying around, I think Washington at 2,800 against the Jets is a strong option. And I, I think a high floor option. I don't think the Jets are going to score a bunch of points and they come in as a solid bet for both sacks and turnovers. And then if you really have money laying around at the end, the Patriots at 3,500 are attractive against the Eagles. We, we've talked on various shows about how depleted the Eagles are at this point. It's, it's basically impossible to imagine Philly 
scoring many points against New England and making this a bad outing. And, you know, we've seen New England create turnovers, sacks, whatever you need against various teams at this point. Yep, I agree with the Patriots, and that, that's got to be the cheapest they've been in a while on DraftKings. The, the other expensive defense I like for tournaments is the Bills at 3800 bucks. I, I just feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick is due for a dud. You know, he, He's played like three solid games in a row now, so I, I just think you know, there, there might be that two or three interception game coming. Then this is also the biggest pass rush versus pass block mismatch of the week, according to Pro Football Focus. P, PFF has the Bills. 14th best in their pass rushing grades and they have the Dolphins dead last by a pretty wide margin in their pass blocking grades yeah and the Dolphins are just poorly equipped to make Buffalo pay for having a weak run defense at this point <laughs> yes there well that's going to do it for this week 11 edition of our DraftKings podcast head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend check out our full week 11 rankings mess around with the lineup builder tool that's where you can find DK dollars per point projections ceiling projections and customizable strategy options check back Saturday morning you can see who we are playing against each other in the crown is ass challenge in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. you can also find us on Twitter we are at draft sharks Jared is at Smola DS I am at Schauf DS that's S-C-H-A-U-F for Jared Smola and the rest of the draft sharks crew I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us